Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab. Thanks for joining our conversation this morning. Today's guest is pretty special. Rosemary Porto is an award-winning interior designer. She is an aspiring author. She is a mother, a wife, and a three-time cancer survivor. She is with us today to share her amazing story, her successes, her challenges, and her always positive outlook on life and the opportunities before you. Good morning, Rosemary. Well, good morning, Sue and Kendra. I want to start, Rosemary, by giving our listeners a little background on you. You recently retired after a very long and distinguished 35-year career as a kitchen and bath designer. Most recently, for uh, Pog and Paul, you've been inducted into the New England Designer Hall of Fame. You received all kinds of awards. You're going to be featured, this is excited, exciting, in the Boston Home Magazine, the fall issue, which is coming out, I believe, next month. What Talk a little bit about what drew you to this type of work. Well, the first room I ever decorated, I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a really true story. And, um, and I've just always been interested in interiors and, and you know, and uh, artifacts and things like that. My father was an artist, and... He, um, he was older, he was 47 when I was born, so we played with art. You know, he wasn't around throwing the ball or anything like that in those days. And right. So we used, to, we used to play with paint and art, art books, and, and he, he recognized when I was t- around 11 years old that I had a color memory, which he tested me, and I remembered colors, and I can remember colors exactly, you know, just from my memory. And... So he told me when I was a little girl that I should always use that in my career when I grow up. Um, and I was first attracted to fashion and interior design. So I applied to um, FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology, and um, I decided to go into fashion, but I took courses in interior design. And so I spent a career, believe it or not, most people don't know this about me, but I was in the fashion business for um about 12 years oh and yeah I, I the last job i had i was a vice president of sales and marketing for a fashion shoe company in new england and when rosemary and, did you then jump off into actual home interior design and home design yeah in 1985 i i decided to leave that career because i was traveling all the time and and i left it to go back to school i i um 
audited classes at and creative uh, writing at Boston College. And I got a part-time job working for um, a, a mail order business, a, a high-end comforter business, and she needed somebody to do decorating. And so she hired me. And that's how it started. It's a very humble starting. And I kind of went in through the back door, and my very first clients were um, was Tom Thomas Dunlay, the American Impressionist, oh. and I worked with he and his wife. Yeah, and um, what an what a, what a what a kickoff, you know. And they encouraged me to start my own business, and I did. And that was in 1986, and um, I had it for uh, until I decided to. I got bored doing decorating. And so I um, decided to go work for Pogan Paul when they came to Boston. I opened up their showroom in 2002. Wow. And, and then I became a specialist in uh, kitchens and really a, a subspecialty because I only did European contemporary kitchens. You did the really high-end stuff. So Yes, it's all luxury market, yes. Luxury market. See, I couldn't afford you, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> so give us the scoop. Any well-known clients or local celebs that you worked with? Actually, yes. Um, back in, two, when was it, 2006 and seven, I worked with Tom Brady <gasps> on, his, um, on his, apart, his condo building over on Beacon Street. He Are doesn't, you... you know, he sold it and everything. Yeah, right. But yeah, I worked with him. I did his, he had seen a, the thing is, the way he came to me, it's kind of a funny story. I got a call from these interior designers that they had a celebrity client who asked to work for them to work with me. And they wouldn't tell me who it was. And so I thought, okay. And they said, you have to be very discreet, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> got a checkbook, I'm good, you know. Yeah, and you're like, so, oh, yeah, I, you know, I've got this. I'm not going to be all, you right. know, starstruck so, yeah, or anything. What happened is uh, it, I, worked, I worked on the project six months before I knew who it was. Really? And, um, Yes, and and the way he came to the way he sent them is I knew this, but I didn't remember it. Is that um, I did? He lived at the Burge Mansion on Commonwealth Avenue, and I worked with um, a, an, an architectural firm on his neighbors on the next floor, and he saw what I had done there, and he liked it so much. So that's why he sent them to me. They were reluctant; they didn't want to work with me, but. Um, what we got through it and um he was without a doubt the most charming polite lovely man even and though he left us even though he left us rosemary and he went down south <laughs> yeah well you know i wish him luck because he deserves it he no deserves he does it. he gave us a lot of good years so what what are we going to say yeah. about that and, but i want to yeah, ask and i worked with some other you know I, I worked with people i don't want to really name them but all i'll say is this that around boston there are buildings at the hospital and in, in the city that have names on the buildings, and I've worked with those people. So. That's very cool. I love it. Hey, you're considered one of the most recognized and honored designers in the New England area, but you decided to retire this past March, and you were pretty much at the top of your game by really anyone's standards. Why was it the time for you to retire? Well... You know, I've been working on my novel since um, uh, 2014, and I study with uh, a fantastic author 
Her name is Connie Mae Fowler. She's published eight books. Um, one of her books called uh, Before Women Had Wings was uh, the Oprah they, uh She worked with Oprah on a miniseries, and they actually won an Emmy for it. Wow. Um, that's just a, yeah. So I, work, I started working with her, and I really, you know, my, my passion throughout these years um, has been writing fiction. And so um, I was diagnosed, most people don't know this, but um, in, you know, I mean, I have my cancer story, but my most recent cancer story started uh, last November. I was diagnosed with bladder cancer. And so I was, you know, working my little tail off with my job. And this was uh, last November. Yeah. And I was exhausted physically um, because I was traveling. I had to go to Wyoming. It was for a job. And, um, and, I, and I woke up one morning and I said, how many times does a girl need to have a cancer diagnosis before she decides to follow her bliss? Right. Because let's backtrack a little bit. This was not your first, um, your first time, your first bout with cancer. This was your no. third bout with cancer. You know, over yes. the course of a couple of decades, but still, your third bout with cancer. So, you finally thought, you know, every, I think you even said this: every day is a gift, and you can't take it for yes. granted. So, is that the point at which you thought, well, I need to go chase this other passion I have? Yes. I decided that, you know, what makes me happy, what brings me bliss, and not that my career didn't. It really did, but I just think it's time, you know, the shift in my direction and the shift in my attention was really towards learning. I love to learn. You know, I'm always a student, and so I, I was learning so much in, in the, you know, all the conferences and retreats and studying with really amazing authors. Um, and through Connie, you know, I've met some very successful and very uh, gifted writers who are teachers, you know. And I just decided um, the time was now. It, it really was a hard decision, believe me. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I felt very loyal um, to my clients, very loyal to the company. Um, and also, you know, walking away from a community that supported me through many things. Uh, you know, because Boston has a very strong uh, interior design community, fantastic mm -hmm. one. And I was a really, you know, part of that. And, you know, I was, in, I was on the boards of our professional associations. I was the president of one of them for a few years. And so it was hard decision. Yeah, um, but I, I think I've come up with a way that I'm going to keep it all together, and I can tell you about that later. But so that's that's really what made me finally pull the plug and say I'm I'm going to do this. Yeah, and I want to talk about your support system, um, even outside of the design community in Boston and beyond. How important are the people mm -hmm. around you and the attitude you have as you go through treatment and recovery for other people, maybe who are listening, who might be facing a similar journey and saying, "Wow, how can she be so upbeat?" I think the the support that you have around you is so important, and your attitude, right? Mm -hmm. It's very important. I mean, there's been there's been clinical studies about that. You know, uh, how a person's attitude um, and their and their support. You know, love heals. It, it 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 heals. Yeah. And I was I've been very supported. I mean, in my family, of course, 
you know, even going back, if we want to go back to 1991, when I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, um, I was 40 years old. I had just turned 40, and I had found my lump. Yep. And my son was three. Wow. And, yeah. And at that time, my, my former husband, my ex-husband, uh, was just amazing to me. And his mother, who just recently passed, and I loved her so much. And my my Aunt Rita, who uh, came up, she was a nurse, and retired nurse. She was like in her 70s. And she came up and took care of me. My best friend, also a nurse, came from Brooklyn and took care of me. Took care of us, I should say, because I had that three-year-old. I mean, it was like, you know, mommy's going bald. Uh, I had to explain it to him. Right. Know? And that and is so hard, and you, you need your family more than ever at that time. It's really true, and, yeah. and one of the things I just, you know, I'm an optimist, I am, but I'm also a realist, and I recognized how serious this was back then. My mother died from breast cancer when I was 23. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Yeah, and so anyway, that, so that support system was in place and fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now we fast forward to... Um, 2017 through a routine my annual mammogram they found something that wasn't there before mm-hmm. and um, in the same breast um, and so they had you know I knew what was ahead of me um, and um, and so my the support system then of course my husband Mike who is my you know my biggest cheerleader and and my brother and sister-in-law and best friend came and rallied and I couldn't have done it literally without them. I, it was a very challenging, physically and emotionally hard time. Um, you if, know, if you're just tuning, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. Today, we're talking with Rosemary Porto. She is an award-winning interior designer and aspiring author, a three-time cancer survivor. She's been sharing her story with us, her success challenges, and her vision for her next chapter. Let's get back to our conversation. We talk about your writing, um, and you're working on your first novel. I'd imagine that uh, two things. One is that the creative part, of your work as a designer probably influences your writing, the creative piece of that. And also, is it cathartic when you write in terms of um, getting through this time, the cancer treatments and all of that? Does the writing, is it therapeutic in a way? Yes, it is. Well, and right now, you know, the first time I went through my cancer back in 91, uh, I, did a, I kept a journal and I was in a writing workshop at the time. And they allow, you know, they, they would encourage me to bring my journal writings and to it. And so when, when it was over, I created um, a memoir based on my things, and I used it during my uh, 10 years with the Beth Israel Heart-to-Heart Patient-to-Patient Volunteer Program. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so now my, with writing fiction and writing the story back in you know, 2018, and well, I was in treatment, and on. Um, it, I escape into my world of my characters and my story, and um, so that does help me because it gets me. You know, it's like I'm out of my head and I'm into this world. And you've been working and, uh, on that story, Rosemary, for a few years now. What can you tell us about the yeah. novel, and when do you hope to have it finished? <laughs> 
That's the million-dollar question. Uh, <laughs> oh, finished. <laughs> I guess it's going to be finished when it's finished. Yeah, exactly, when um, the story ends. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when it's polished and right. Um, you know, it takes years to write a good novel, really. Um, so what are the stories just um, about a, uh, a single mother in, or we call her an unwed mother in 1923, who decides she wants to follow her dream of being um, in stardom, whether dancing or acting. And she runs away from her farm and raises her daughter in uh, the world of burlesque and speakeasies. And until she's upstaged by a famous person, her name was Sally Rand. She's, it's, I guess you might call it historical. Um, and yeah. She then, yeah, then she marries a man, but uh, she gets bored in her rich life, and she runs away with another man to Hollywood. Oh, wow. That sounds really good. <laughs> I'll buy yeah, it. I'll so. read it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about another new direction you took later in life, which was a new marriage. After a 20-year marriage uh, ended in divorce, 10 years later, you say you found love again. Talk about that time in your life. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I I was single for 10 years. I dated, you know, I, I had a I had a... I joined, I played tennis, and I belonged to a tennis club, and I had a lot of social life, a wonderful social life. And just when I was really comfortable being single. Isn't um, that the way said, it always happens? Just no, really, when you're not looking. Truth, really. Yeah. 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 And so a friend of mine said, I met a guy, he's perfect for you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heard that one before. Yeah. So, we, so, uh, so um, the next week we went on a double date. And I met Mike, and um, and I fell in love with him, and he fell in love with me within a few days. Wow! And that was, yeah, very, it's really true. We actually, it was just it. It was it. I don't know how you know it's it. I don't know how that you know, but I knew, and he knew. And then three months later, he had a stroke. Oh my God! Three months yeah. after you met, or after you married? No, after we met. Yeah. So that's when I really saw the real character of the man, because you know he, uh, I fell in love with the man who's, you know, uh, most, he was a deputy sheriff uh, on his motorcycle, in his uniform with those custom boots. Oh, baby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the and man in the then, uniform. We all know that one. Yeah, and then I really saw the man who he is and how he was just very similar to me in many ways in that he's a real positive attitude. He had to learn to walk again. He had to learn to speak again. I mean, it was really uh, challenging. Yeah. And he's a friend and, of, of the station. Uh, we know Mike a little bit, your husband, and he, uh, he is that guy. He's a great, great guy. Um, and yeah. so how lucky he was to have you and vice versa, right? Yeah. Well, you know, there are no, I don't believe that there are any coincidences or accidents in life. You know, it's, it's, I think that he, it was all planned that uh, because of the way that we fell in love, it was this, this connection that um, wasn't like anything really I've ever had before, including, you know, my former marriage. And, um, and so it's, it was just, the, and, and, you know, my friends at the time were like, Rosemary, your life is so great. What are you doing going to Spalding every day? <laughs> and, um, and they cared about me. They loved me. 
um, and I used to, I asked myself every day that I would go, I'd say, why are you going? You know, I asked myself, I was being honest with myself. Yeah. And the answer was, because I'd rather be with him this way than to not be with him at all. Right. And, and then he, you know, got himself up, I mean, out of the wheelchair in a few months, unbelievable. And, um, and then we got engaged and, um, and then we got married the next year. That's unbelievable. And it's funny because now he's your biggest, you know, one of your biggest supporters as you go through your cancer journey. Um, so you've yeah. really been each other's rock in that way. Do you, Rosemary, have a mantra that you live by or a quote that you like to refer to as you go through life? Well, yeah, I do in, in a way. I mean, I really believe today is the only day, you know, it's the only one. Mm-hmm. And so if, if like, think about it this way. If you're going through a tough time, you know, and I've been through a few, <laughs> um, I just think, okay, just today. Mm-hmm. We'll just get through today. You know, tomorrow will be better. We'll get through today. So, and that helped me. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, if it's a fabulous day and a wonderful day, I think we'll just cherish this day because it's the only day. And and that's really how I kind of go through things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I always yeah. think of that, you know, tomorrow is not promised. And so you need to live for today. It's promised to it's no really one, true. really. Yeah. It, it really isn't. And, and, you know, it's kind of cliche in a way, but it's, it's really true. And there's always a lot of truth to cliches, you know. But um, I just think that that's it. And, you know, I have a we haven't talked about my son, my son, my son. And um, he's 31 now and he lives in Austin, Texas. And, um, you know, he was my reason for getting well back when he was three and now I wanted to see him through, you know, his adulthood. Of course, yeah. You know? Of course. And, um, and and as an example to show him, too, because you know our divorce. His father is is um, my was my you know my husband my my other husband was his father is his father. Um, you know he's uh, we have a very happy divorce in a way. Now it was heartbreaking. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Right. But we've created a relationship. He's remarried to a wonderful woman. They have two little children who are part of my life. They call me auntie. That's fabulous that you came through mm -hmm. that like that on the other side with everybody being so close. And what a what a great example to your son. Right. Well, that's right. And that's why I brought it up, because it's very important, I think. And also. You know, in a marriage, it takes two to make a marriage, right? And it takes two to break a marriage. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of forgiveness that needs to be done. Um, Self-forgiveness and forgiveness for the other party. And I think that there's a freedom in forgiveness. You're right. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there really is. And so we've created this, we call it the tribe. (laughs) You know, it's his family, that family and my, our family and it's a big tribe. Yeah. And and that's great. And it's a little bit of a, a blended, a mixed, but it doesn't matter. You know, there's ties and there's love and there's affection. And that's what's important. We only have a couple minutes left, Rosemary. Just fast forward five years for me quickly and tell me where do you think you'll be in five years? Where do you hope to be? Oh, my goodness. That's, you know, can I just dream for a minute? I, I, <laughs> I hope to be uh, published in my first novel, having it a success. Having it be on the New York Times. Second- 
having it be on the New York Times oh. bestseller list? <laughs> oh, that's such a lofty dream, but yes, yes, Why yes. not? And, yeah, and, and then working on my second novel and, um, and just being um, healthy. Cancer-free. Yes. 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 Well, you know what? It has been our pleasure to talk to you. We're already out of time. Can you believe how fast this goes by? When we have, I'm telling you, when we have exceptional women, the time goes by in the blink of an eye. And I have to just say to our listeners, the first thing you said to me is I feel a little funny because I don't know how you know, I'm considered exceptional. And I was like, no, those are the most exceptional women, the ones that don't recognize how exceptional they are. So thank you for spending time with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, we just put it out to the universe and hope it all comes true. Yes, I think that it will. You put it out there, it will happen. Thank you so much, Rosemary. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Kendra. Have a great day. Designer, author, and cancer survivor Rosemary Porter has been our guest on Exceptional Women this morning. We applaud you for past successes. We are inspired by the way you face your current challenges, and we are hopeful that you will continue to flourish in your new adventure as an author. We wish you continued good health and happiness in all your pursuits. You are truly exceptional, and we thank you for sharing so much of your story with us today. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. It is our honor and privilege to shine a light on the change makers and to provide a platform for people who are out doing meaningful work in our communities. Thank you for paying attention and for helping us create engaging programming. We'd love to hear from you if you know someone who is making a difference just email us or send us a message on our Magic Facebook page. I'm Sue Tab, and along with my co-host and producer, Kendra Petroni, we'd like you to join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great Sunday, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.